A pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome in to the 2020 debut edition of the Bears Coaches Show with third-year Bears head coach Matt Nagy. It's brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, typically from PNC Studio at Hallisaw, but for now, Matt, uh, somewhere on the football operations side of the building in your office, and I'm working from home this evening. So good to see you. I miss talking to you in the normal way. Yeah, good to see you, Jeff. It's uh, definitely different times, but you know what? We're all adapting, and it's just it's good to get back at it, I think, just to be able for us to have our conversations we've had going into our third year here and the players get to talk talk about them and how they've been dealing with camp. And before you know it, guys, we're going to be uh, rolling here September 13th, so it's exciting. Right. I, I see your chair uh, jangling in the background. Is that the nervous energy that the calendar flips to September 1st tomorrow, my man? <laughs> you get going. That Everyone's talking about all these energy drinks and coffee in the morning. I'm, I'm ready to go. We don't, I don't need any of that crap. We just roll. No, you're, that's you. You're, you're, you're that way every day on the practice field. Have your players met that same energy because you're the tone center, frankly? Yeah, they, they have. It's been, it's been a lot of fun in camp just getting out there and seeing the grass and, and being able to run around. And the one thing that I've noticed this year, Jeff, that, that I think we lost a little bit last year for whatever reason is – that energy, that vibe, that feel that we had, very similar to 2018, that that freshness of, of a, kind of a, um, a new atmosphere. And they didn't really know what they didn't know in 2018. Last year in 2019, um, for a lot of different reasons, things didn't go our, our way, and but we fought through it. And it was it was somewhat of a down year. And now it's like, okay, fresh start, let's get back at it. And, and the players, their energy at practice, their energy on the field, their enthusiasm for each each other. The coaches you see, you know, with some of the coaches talking trash to one another, it just spices up practice. That's how it needs to be right now, and uh, we're just being ourselves and we're cutting it loose. Some of the coaches? How about let's get specific. Uh, Big Mike Fury, who's uh, going to be in the weightlifting competition somewhere for a senior class uh, because he's all <laughs> yoked up. I hope he's, maybe he's getting you in the gym too. Uh, and then you got Deshae Townsend, the wide receiver DB. Dynamic has always been interesting in college and professional football. Heck, back when you played in the high school level, because corners, yep, and so do receivers. Well, no doubt. And now you remember, too, Furry was, he played both sides now. He was a yeah. true Ironman uh, back then and being able to be a starting safety at one point and then have 98 catches another year uh, as a wide receiver. So, he, he definitely likes to spice it up, and I think there's got to be a clip somewhere out there back in, like, the 90s or 2000s of those two facing each other in the NFL. You know, I, if we're any good, maybe maybe we can try to find that and see it and get that up in front of the screen and see who won. But they're having a great time, and it, it's, uh, it's really, you know, um, our players feel that, and they, they just they feed off of that. I looked it up. I know they were in a game against each other at some level. I don't know who produced what, but I did look it up on a, a website called profootballreference.com. Check it out. You there can you find go. out exactly. All right, let's get to the news of the day. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the guys that I really admire on this team, given his uh, his presence in the Chicago area, Oswego High School, to a small college Dubuque, to an undrafted free agent, uh, really the longest of journeys and unlikely journeys to the National Football League. And in his third year, Michael Joseph was flashing some really impressive play on the practice field with his uh, ball skills. And uh, just his body has matured into a physical type player at corner. But unfortunately, he goes on the injured list. What's the, what's the uh, diagnosis for Michael? And uh, how do you feel about that? 
Yeah, so Michael was was just having – there's a lot of outliers in these camps. You have guys that are having excellent camps and then others that maybe struggle a little bit. But he was one for sure that I think every coach that you talk to, every – you know, Ryan Pace and his guys on the personnel side, when you talk – when we have our personnel meetings at night, his name kept coming up. This guy is really playing at a high level. Um, he can do a lot of different things. And then, of course, uh, with Coach Tabor on special teams – doing some great things there too. So we were all really excited to see what he's going to be able to do this year. It's unfortunate. It's sad, but um, he has a great personality. Like you said, he understands um, that it's a day by day journey right now. It'll be, a, it'll be a while for him to get back on track, but he will. He's young. You talk about being able to draft and develop guys. And here's a guy that we did not draft, but, but we, we had an eye for and brought in as a free agent and, those are great stories now. And to, to have a story like that end the way it did this year, um, it's just it's just one step back. But he's going to take two steps forward here in the future. He's a hell of a kid, really good person. We all have him back. You know, you talk about your coaches and, and you admire what they do uh, as teachers. Deshae Townsend getting a lot out of his men back there on the, on the back end of the defense. He does a wonderful job. I think when you have a coach that has been a player in this league, uh, Deshae has coached at the college level, so he's built relationships through the recruiting process with these young kids nowadays. And uh, there's an instant credibility that you have as a coach when you've played the position. And now it's just you put your own personality to it. So our players love Deshae. Him and Sean Desai back there just do a really great job at teaching, um, being teachers, uh, helping them out, but then motivating as well and supporting them. And so uh, they all know they have that with Deshae. And to take that spot of the roster, Napoleon Maxwell comes back to the organization, initially signed as an undrafted rookie free agent out of Florida International, a St. Petersburg, Florida kid. Uh, big back, 6 feet, 215, so he's back in the stable. Uh, how do you feel about uh, all this right now with David Montgomery working his way back? It's going to be a few weeks, but uh, – what, what you're seeing out of that group and what Maxwell might be able to provide. You like something about him in the first place to bring him back. Right. Yeah. So it's good to get Napoleon back in here. He was one of the guys when you cut down from 90 to 80 that, that we ended up having to have to release. But with the uh, injury to David right now, you got to be able to, it gives you an opportunity to somebody else to see what they can do. And so, you know, we're in camp. Reps are very valuable, so he's going to get some chances here to carry the, the football, and it gives us an opportunity to see what he can do. So that running back room in general has been really good. Um, it's it's just uh, I think they, they really attacked this offseason. They put in a lot of sweat equity, and, and now um, we were seeing that. It's unfortunate what happened with David, you know, the way that that happens, but he has a great mindset, and he's going to take every day to get ready as fast as he can, and then whenever that is, He'll be back in there, and it'll be what we know with uh, David Montgomery back there. Uh, Allen Robinson working his way back today. Yeah, he, he did, and, and it's good to, to have him back. Again, we know how Allen can – we know what type of football player he is. We want to make sure that he's ready to go on September 13th against Detroit. So that's more of kind of a balance with Andre Tucker, our, our head athletic trainer, uh, with Mike Furrier, our wide receiver coach, myself, Bill Lazor, just making sure that we're smart there getting him back into this thing. 
Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Bears Head Coach Matt Nagy, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Offensive Coordinator Bill Lazor. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Greeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night, 10 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago, or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. You, as the season ended, uh, last January against the Minnesota Vikings, I believe that night you began the process of flushing 2019 and beginning your own self-analysis. Everybody seems to be going through this self-analysis. The theme seems to be all funneling in through what you felt initially as the head coach. Yeah, you do feel that. And, and at the end of last year in that locker room, I think we all just felt like, you know what, uh, we have a lot of good players and people um, in, on this team. And to, to finish 8-8, eight and eight, we want to be better than that. We know that. And our, our goals are set a lot higher. So you have to be able to make changes. With that, you need to be able to start with yourself. And that's what we've all done. And, you know, I just talked about the, the details of a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. Um, being able to delegate more is is sometimes hard at the start when you're coming in as a head coach you want to you know have control and make sure you're doing everything the right way and your way that you've learned but at the same time there's a trust factor and there's there's delegation that's involved and it's the same thing then trusting your players and listening to what they have idea wise and where they're at with practices and that sort of thing um so what what i'm really excited to see this year jeff is I feel like when you when we go through our checklist and we see, okay, where did we go wrong last year? Right now, as we stand, um, damn near every box has been checked as to, okay, we said we're going to do this, this, and this. And it was also it wasn't just from coaches; it was in the player exit interviews that we that I had, listening to them to to you know, as simple as, hey, coach, we like it when you walk back to back of the plane on on road trips and win, lose, or draw. We like when you just come back. All the, It just lets us know you got our back. And and so those, that's just an example of little things that um, we're, that we are going to fix and, and be different that way that I think will help us in the long run. So we're, we're excited to get started. So far, so good, and we'll see where it goes. Was there something that you hadn't thought of that really resonated with you, like, wow, I, I didn't realize that, you know, that was missing from this equation that you could share. There was, and I'll give you an example. So um, after we get back from, from London, uh, from playing the Raiders, that was a rough game for us. You know, that was a fist fight, and, and we, we didn't win that. We got, we got beat up. Coaches, players, everybody. They, they went there, and they, just, they physically beat us up. And um, there was poor play calls, and there was, there was poor execution. So what, what I decided to do uh, the day after we got back was take every one of those play calls and take every one of those poor execution plays and had the whole team get together, together in front of everybody, and we called each other out. Effort-wise, um, we called each other out. Play call-wise, I told them this is a bull crap. This is a terrible play, right? Not a good play. Play call. Uh, could have been better. I should have been better. Uh, Chuck, bad play call right here. You could have been better here. Um, players right here, no effort. You're better than that. And, and so we call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. It wasn't all bad. There happened to be more bad that game. But we showed good plays too, good execution. And one of the feedback that was given to me at the end of the, the year was, Coach, 
when you do that in front of everybody, there's an accountability. And boy, does that ever really get you going that, hey, I don't want to be on that clip for next week. And so that's one of the things we're going to do this, this year is instead of just one week after a loss, it's going to be every week um, that we're going to do that. And I, I, I didn't know that at the time that it impacted them as much as it did, but they enjoyed that. They liked being called out for their effort. And so we're going to continue with that. And I think it could be really good for us. What are you asking of them that maybe you feel you hadn't in the first two years? I've had a lot of trust with the players. That, that part I love. I think that they've been phenomenal with the trust, the coaching staff, um, the way we do things. What we talked about this year, the biggest part was, okay, and I've said this to you, the details. But what happens with the details is you talk about it, and then after two or three or four weeks, those details start slipping. That's not happening this year. It won't happen. By me being able to delegate more to others on the staff, um, I can be on top of those details, the little things that maybe I wasn't on top of as much in the first two years. And, and there's an accountability that the players have as well with that. So if that means uh, as we get later in the season, we pull back reps slightly, then you know what? They better give us their best in the reps that we get. They better be quality. And I'm going to be on top of that. And if it's not quality, then we're going to go more quantity. And there's a give and, give and take there. So, um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is staying consistent with it and not getting laxed with it. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Bears Head Coach Matt Nagy. Brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at WIPFLI.com. Matt, let's talk the quarterbacks. Now that you had a chance to watch the scrimmage at Soldier Field on Saturday, what'd you, what'd you think? The tempo, getting, getting in and out, that part there, running the mechanics of the huddle, um, leading the guys, all that they both did really well with. Um, you know, we were trying to really see situationally where are they at, whether it's red zone, whether it's third and one, third and five, um, backed up, where are they at with their cadences? Are they, do they have their eyes downfield on scrambles, on broken plays, ball security? And, and both of them did a good job with that. You start off with Mitch. He, he started off with the ones first. And I thought his first drive was exactly what we thought he could do. You know, he, 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 it was, you know every play scripted. So even though a result of a play might be a first down, the next play might be second and eight. That part's a little different for him, but he's Mitch is doing a good job right now uh, of staying calm in the pocket. There were some times last year where he was flushing out early, and we were trying to get him from doing that so that you just trust that pocket and you stay in there and push push up in the pocket, see everything that's going on in the middle of the field. I think that's probably one of his biggest growths from the last two years to this year is he's doing that now. He's not getting flushed out of the pocket. He's trusting it. He's making throws. Um, yeah, you know, everyone sees the, the final statistics or they see he threw the pick to Kyle Fuller, the first one. After watching it, um, there was a little bit of pressure on him. And, and progression-wise, uh, you know, I think he would want that back possibly on, on throwing that there to that one. But Kyle made a good play. He sat on it. Kyle's a good corner. and um, But it didn't affect Mitch uh, the next play, which was good. The tip ball that he had as well. Um, you know, that, that, that's hard. That's hard too. But overall, I liked how he played. Um, I thought for Nick, you know, you saw he missed a few throws over the middle to start right, right. Getting going again, some of that's timing with the guys, but he did a lot of good in the red zone. He was able to make some nice passes down in the red zone. Again, he, he kept control of the drive. He kept his eyes downfield on some scrambles, made a nice long throw deep on one scramble, but 
they're in a good place right now. They're still battling. They're still competing. The room is very healthy, like we said. Uh, it's 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 not easy for us, but um, it, it's for for all of us. You know, we got one more week of practice here, and then we'll have to get moving here with the decision. There are unintended consequences when players like Akeem Hicks, Tashawn Gibson, David Montgomery are injured. And I look at Allen Robinson, who, who is back. But guys like Javon Wims, Riley Ridley, Bilal Nichols, did they elevate with the additional reps and now the pressure on them a little bit to make plays during this camp? They have. They've, they've stepped up to it. And that, that's going to happen. Uh, it's funny. One of, our, one of my former colleagues when I was in Philadelphia and Kansas City, one of our position coaches that's been in the game for a long time, he used to always say to me in training camp, Matt, 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 it'll all play itself out. You know, I used to always wonder, how what have, we got so many guys here. How are we going to make the numbers? How are we going to keep five or six guys? And he's, it'll all play itself out. And that's kind of where we're at right now. You're seeing some guys step up and take advantage of these opportunities. A-Rob's down for a little bit with his ankle. He's out. Well, it gives other guys chances to get more reps. And all you got to do is flash just a little bit, and you can catch a coach's eye. And those guys that you just named there, they've been doing that. Darnell Mooney also. Yeah, same thing. The kids come in and, you know, really done a great job. Of, he's one of those guys that's taken the Zoom, the Zoom uh, meetings, the Zoom questions. He's transferred it to the field. He doesn't get lost very often on that field. He knows how to break the huddle and where to go. He asks really, really good questions when we're in there. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just really impressive to see a young kid like that, uh, be able to, to fall to us there in the fifth round. Everything that's gone on in the simplest of terms, where are you and your team at right now, given everything that's transpired, including the social injustice? In the start of our third year together, there's hands down, without a doubt, we are the closest we've ever been as simple as that. There's nothing but pure love for one another. I have players coming to me telling me, coach, you don't understand how close we are right now from this whole building. You have no idea. And when I hear that, it just gives me absolute goosebumps because this is something that hasn't just, whenever something happens in the, in the, in the quote unquote real world, um, we've been having discussions internally throughout. And I think again, going back to guys like soup Campbell and Carla and Erica, they've done a great job of really keeping things um, open with communication uh, amongst us and then the coaches. We're just real. We, we just shoot. We, we just, we, we talk real. We have real talk. We're very honest. There's so much love for one another. It, it's, it's powerful. I've never been a part of anything like this. And I think what's happening is, is that it's going to, in the end, inevitably, it's going to help us win games, and that's what's most important. Good springboard. All right, coming up next, Bill Lazor. Matt, thank you. Good luck this week. All right, take care, Jeff. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show as we welcome Bears Offensive Coordinator Bill Lazor to the program. The coordinators will alternate each week as in years past. And, Bill, you got plenty of Zoom time now. Every news conference almost feels like a talk show in some sense. A couple times we've had uh, some errors, you know, the media errors with the mute on. Those have actually been the best ones we've had so far. (laughs) They're scrambling and you can't hear what they're asking. What have you learned about this team from your perspective? Since you got well, I think I think uh, I've found it to be a team that works hard when they get on the practice field. That's something that it's hard to know until you're there and you see it. 
And uh, what, what, I, what I've observed every time is we've gone, gone out onto the field and Coach uh, Nagy's asked them to get after it and to work hard. They've done it. And so that, that's been really uh, – that's been really a real positive for me to see that. You know, I think on all sides of the ball, I think they, they've created a culture where they will work. And I think that's, that's a great building block. What intrigues you about this offense? Because there are many, many pieces to the puzzle, all shapes and sizes. Heck, you got a basketball team at uh, tight end and receiver, and uh, a lot of different choices in terms of skill positions. With with a limited amount of time that we've had uh, to practice and to be together, uh, it'll just be interesting to see how how quickly we we are developing. And I say it in the present tense because I think it's ongoing. I think, uh, you know, the, the passing game is the hardest thing to build in the National Football League. Everything from protection to uh, getting the quarterbacks and all the route runners on the same page, all the adjustments. And uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to um, imagine the limited amount of work we have knowing normally how much you put in to getting to your first game. So I think that's got, that's still got a lot of work to do. So, so I'm intrigued to see how quickly we pick that up. And and when things turn on full speed, how well we execute. I think the average fan would say, ah, it's a bunch of tackling and passing and running and catching and making sure you do your fundamentals. But if you could put into context somehow, some way in a comparative analysis of the challenge of this, yeah, well, I you know the, the the perspective I keep going back to is really we have have uh, you know 17 practice opportunities this year, real you know real practices before we start uh, game week for our opening week of the season, and and normally you would get you know your 10 OTAs and, and three days of mini camp, so that's 13. So so you're really talking about four four days into normal fall camp, and now you have to go to to a game game week you know and so so it's just there, there's so much uh evolution there's so much learning there's so much getting to know each other that you normally go through in that and and it's it's just got to happen fast so for us as coaches we have to make some decisions really quickly some of it are is based on personnel you know personnel decisions but some of it is more based on okay very quickly this guy has shown that he's good at certain things maybe certain routes but not great at other routes you don't really have time for to wait for someone to develop on the things they're not good at. You just got to move on. So, okay, give him what he's good at, give someone else the other stuff and, and go. And then the, the, the other part of it is what we have to keep in mind is during the season, there, there's going to be an advantage for the teams that can continue to develop, you know, and I think over time, there's some teams in this league that have proven that, that they continue to get better and better as the season goes, you know, historically, some, whether it be the coaching staffs there, the, the, the players there or the culture. And I think that's another great challenge for us is, okay, we, we, we're in a real hurry. You know, we're, we're trying to be smart and targeted with what we do, but we are definitely in a hurry to get to the first game got to win the first game. Well, then we're also have to keep a mindset is just keep getting better throughout the year. It's almost like training camp extends. And if we can keep that mindset and continue to improve, I think, you know, just the perspective, it's a long season, just keep getting better, keep getting better. I think the, the teams that can do that this year in particular, even more than most years, um, will gain an advantage. 
During the 2020 season, the Chicago Bears are giving away $101,000 to a deserving nonprofit organization in the Chicagoland area. Visit chicagobears.com slash community all pros for more information and how you can help out. Back with Bill Lazor, Bears offensive coordinator. Good to have you alongside. We'll be talking with the other coordinators throughout the course of the season as well. Uh, you're a Scranton PA guy. Uh, actually, my dad used to work for Erie Lackawanna Railroad back in the oh, day. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so I have roots to there, too. That's cool. Uh, so kind of, but it's Nagy country, uh, you know, kind of. So you guys are all, you know, with you and Filippo and some others, uh, it, it's quite the place uh, for the roots of great football minds and the blue-collar style of football that I think this city enjoys. We we enjoyed growing up there and, and uh, the atmosphere around high school, you know, first you know uh, youth football we had a great a great team when i was in eighth grade and and uh we, you know we didn't have we did not have 22 guys on the team the north scranton vikings um but we won the championship so we couldn't line up and play 11 on 11 in practice and we found a way anyway so that's that'll be like the, the theme of 2020 we'll find a way <laughs> yeah right? hopefully we don't have to go into a practice with less than 22 players on the team like the north scranton vikings did but it, I, it's it's proof that it can be done um yeah and so now and actually now as a family we're, we're kind of excited to be to be uh in in this area and the uh I spent a little bit of time recruiting in uh, the greater Chicago area uh, when I was coaching in college, recruited a couple players, not, not too many, but uh, so we're, we're excited to see high school football in this area too. Right. Yeah. When it comes back, it'll be great. Uh, it's something that uh, obviously we all miss feel bad for the kids right now. You get, you know, especially at the high school level, Bill, uh, and it's so important in Pennsylvania as it is in Ohio and, and California, Texas, Florida, all the big ones. But no matter where you are in this nation, I mean, kids are transferring from Chicago schools to go play in places that are able to go, like Iowa, just to just to continue their their dream. And uh, it's a, it's a short window. You only get four years in high school, and that's it. And some of these guys will never play again. And so if it's taken away, it's that's a tough one. Well, let me. I'll give you. I'll give you a, a slice of optimism with it, Jeff. And um, I, because my son is is a high schooler here in in the area, and uh, you know, coming onto a new team and just trying to to meet kids, and so he was able to go through a few weeks of uh, summer camp of football before they pushed the season back to the spring. But a, a couple weekends ago, he told us he was some kids had asked him to be on a seven on seven team, and so we went. We didn't have practice that day, so I got I got out of the office early enough, and it was amazing to me. We went to a high school, or a uh, I guess it would be a local youth field, because they started at a high school field and got kicked off the field. But they had a, a five or six team seven on seven tournament, lasted all day long, and there were no adults. It was all run by the kids, wow. and it was just kids who missed playing football. And so they got together, they practiced for about a week, they formed, they formed teams. It was kids from at least four different high schools that I know of. They organized it themselves and went and just, just, we went and watched a couple of games, just played seven on seven football all day. So I, it really, it, it made me feel really good about, Hey, these kids miss it so much. They're just finding a way to play. So uh, I, I, I feel pretty optimistic. I think, I think uh, we'll get through this with football. Love of the game. Are you seeing that from your own guys right now? The love of the game. Oh, I think they were excited to be here. I think they had enough Zoom. Uh, they, were, they were tired of doing that. They were ready to get on the field. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, that when when they're on the field, I think they work hard. And so that that's a good start. And uh, I think I think uh, it was good being in the stadium this weekend for our scrimmage and, and that they, they enjoyed that. 
who knows what the atmosphere will will be, but uh, it might be one of those years where we have to bring our own juice. You know, yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll be ready. I think I think we'll be ready. Well, yeah, you know, it was loud. I can tell you that because I was sitting in there and the music couldn't be louder. My ears were ringing, so it, it'll be plenty loud. But I, I read a quote from uh, Mike McCarthy last night. He said, "You play in stadiums throughout your career, and some stadiums." have really bad fake crowd noise, and some are better than others. You do this long enough, you know what it sounds like, but it's just not the real thing. I don't even know if coaches or, or players actually hear the crowd. They, they may get juiced up defensively, but I, I talk to players often. They just It's like they're in their own little world anyway on Sundays. I think so. But I, I think the, the, the first thing that hits you is just uh, whenever communication uh, issues occur. And so I, I thought the experience, the different um, experiments that we did uh, at the scrimmage, you, you could see a little bit of, of difference. But I think as, you know, as, as professionals, as professional football players, guys, they, they have to know how to deal with it. And, you know, I, I think we will. I think we'll be able to, to, to work it. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show here on WBBM and with uh, Bears Offensive Coordinator Bill Lazor. We, we touched on it before the break uh, Saturday at Soldier Field. What was your takeaway on the quarterbacks? First of all, they both looked like NFL quarterbacks. They both ran the huddle. They were both in control. I saw both of them um, have great command of uh, making sure the formations were correct. And both both of them made, made uh, the kind of throws you expect to see in that stadium at times. You know, so it's it's – I've been involved in quarterback uh, competitions before – it's always easy when you look back uh, to say, oh, this is why it worked out and now we know. But when you're in the midst of it, it's never easy. You know, it's, it's, you, you can always re- repaint history the way you want to. But the fact is, when you're in a competition, there's a reason it's a competition. Hopefully it's because they're, they're both good and they both have the ability to play. I think that's where we are right now. If you took a poll, you'd probably come away feeling, hey, a lot of guys on this team feel like they both can, can help us win. So that, that's, that's a good spot. Well, it is because, um, frankly, you might and maybe will need both it happens i've been i've been i've been through as you can imagine through the years we've we've actually started the third guy plenty of times so i i know uh you got to feel like everyone on the roster needs to be ready to help you win your eyes will tell the story you watch the tape yes that reveals all the detail but you know what your eyes are looking for are you seeing things from both that you see what you're looking for yeah absolutely and I, I expected to you know i have more more a little more of a history with nick having coached him but that was a long time ago that i yeah. coached him really especially in in uh, the life of a football player, right? However many years ago that was, and that, that's and people grow and change. So, so even though I had that history, I think I think you come into it with fresh eyes. I had a chance, obviously, to see both of them a whole lot on video. So I, I think I had a good good sense of what to expect. Um, you know, it, it's just a it, it's really a methodical grind the process just every day everything you can continue to coach them on and help them get better with and and then also learn you know you you learn about the guy how does he communicate how does he best take coaching you know some guys take it better when they get really pushed some guys take it better when they get you know gently tugged some guys <laughs> take it better when they get yelled at in private you know i mean it's just you, you have to find out i mean it's part of, it's just like any teacher you know what, what's the best way to get through to the student and 
you know, part of it is is making them understand that being uncomfortable is is what helps them grow. You know, and and no one likes like everyone likes to stay in their comfort zone, right? But we're not just evaluating here; we're also trying to improve them and develop them. I mean, no one no one gets to the point where they've got it all. So we're we're just trying to keep keep them both developing as players, make them as best they can be, and then let it play itself out in the field. That's that's the best way. Bill, we're gonna let you go. Appreciate it. We're looking forward throughout the season uh, to talk about some Bears wins along the way. Great. My pleasure. See you again. All right. Thank you, Bill Lazer. That's a wrap on tonight's Bears Coaches Show. I want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, Andy Gersher, Lisa Fielding, and most of all, you for listening. For Bears head coach Matt Nagy and offensive coordinator Bill Lazer, I'm Jeff Joniak, wishing you a pleasant good evening. This is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. Good night.